Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Turning your attention to Luke, the second chapter, a thought I simply cannot get away from. I've asked the Lord that he might anoint me to minister this to you on this December morning. For your understanding of where we're going, we will read verses 1 through 7. If you're a visitor that's taken time to be with us today, we are so appreciative of you getting up on a Sunday morning and coming, whether you're the friend of a guest or whether you found us online or maybe the Spirit of the Lord just drew you here. We are so glad that you're at Calvary Tabernacle. We say welcome home. We're glad you are here today. Amen. Amen. We're thankful that you're here. We're reading verses 1 through 7. Let's read together. If you don't have a Bible, it's fine. It will be on the screen. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him, for them in the inn. I would preach to you today under a thought that hopefully you might remember by title, but principles that should be woven through the text as it ties from the old into the new and leads us forward under this topic, the woes of Christmas travel. The woes of Christmas travel. Would you lift your hands and would you call on the name of the Lord that he might do something mighty in this place over the next few minutes? God, help us. Speak through me. Let me be your vessel. Help me to speak and relay your word in a way that it might be palatable, receivable, understandable. I want it to be applicable for across this building there are people at all different walks of life, all different levels of biblical literacy and all different levels of intelligence and age and I pray that somehow some way your word might find lodging in the hearts of every individual that's here that we might all be greater and stronger believers in who you are and the plan that is for us and everyone said amen God bless you you may be seated here this morning it is the woes of Christmas travel. 
And if anyone was acquainted, it was Mary. <laughs> it's not bad enough that we have to talk about taxes. <laughs> we have to talk about Christmas travel. I'm not sure if you have ever endured what I have at times endured. And that is the moment where gifts have been so precisely wrapped. I will say no, no shot at all men in general. And if you're offended, I'm sorry. But typically the way that women, or at least in our house, women wrap gifts are different. Yeah. I love the gift bag thing. There are times I have been trying to wrap a gift and the paper and the gift. I feel like I need an engineering degree to make sense. It's very obvious in our home who wrapped the gifts. And I've got to be honest, Brother Titus, I don't like doing it anyway, so I'm okay. If I could get her to wrap her own gifts. <laughs> Still working on it. Are there any men in the room that would be honest? Wrapping presents is just not your thing. Come on, you've been waiting on this moment. Men that raised your hand, I want you to raise your hand again. I want you to repeat after me. Okay? Don't ask me to wrap the gifts. Wrap the gifts yourself. Praise God. If you feel liberty, I want you to put your hands. <laughs> but I, like you, Brother Turner, no doubt, have been in a circumstance where those gifts delicate as they might be, have been wrapped precisely. And if the wrapping wasn't enough, then here comes the bow. I don't know where it starts. Don't know how it comes together. I just know that from time to time, she takes these scissors and goes, and they go, you know what I'm talking about. Things we all do, but never discuss. And then hands it to me because we've got to travel from here to another state and says, here, don't let this get damaged. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if any other husband has been in this predicament or not, but when we first get there, I typically want to send the family inside and go to the back and evaluate what was done during travel. I guarantee I'm not the only person that has had to try to pop a box. <laughs> it's just accurate. Somebody needs to confess, probably. I've been there where I carried those gifts in because as if we walk in and the gifts don't look good, as if it is a personal insult. 
to the rapping ability. Well, I got to be honest. I've always been one of those people. I'm not real concerned with the rapping. I just want to know what's in there. Isn't it funny? Some of you that you do a gifts on Christmas Day. The wrapping is just in the way. Isn't it? Wrapping's just in the way. A lot of us have thrown gifts away with wrapping. Goofy wrapping. Throw it in the fire. Get it burn up. Guarding and keeping that gift from here to there. It's about to be Christmas time. The news is about to spread, yet the celebration that we are dealing with now is much different than the celebration that was going on at this time. In fact, it had been a month after month after month conversation that felt more tragic than it did celebratory. I wonder how many times Mary and Joseph had had to tell that story no, 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 we, 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 we did not come together inappropriately. This is the Lord's child. For us, as we stand right now, some 22 days from the season or 20 days, whatever it is from, from when we'll get up and we'll open gifts, we're, we're excited and we're rejoicing and there's holly and there's jingle bells and there's, and there's the thoughts of sleighs and sledding and, and all of this glorious, but at this moment in eternity for the day we choose to celebrate, this would have been the tragic nearing of the end for Mary and Joseph. The place where that were where they have been trying to convince others of for months was about to come to pass. And this, this child that all had believed there was a prophecy should come, yet were not willing to believe that Mary could be the recipient of such promise. They, they were about to deal with the earthly reality that Mary was having a baby. And, and as if the tragedy of all that had not been enough, He calls for a census, for a taxing, for the people to come and head towards their hometown. Well, surely Mary will get an exclusion. You know, Joseph had a hard enough time as it was coming to terms with the fact that Mary was actually pregnant with a God child. Joseph was a good man. Wanted to be with Mary, loved Mary, honored Mary, even showing us that in the fact that he was willing to put her away privately until even the Lord's revelation had to come to Joseph. Sometimes it does take a revelation of the Lord to believe that things which the world would see as impossible can be possible. For when Joseph had chose Mary, he probably chose her many years before watching her family relation. You can try to do a chronological study of the families, try to line them up with both sides of the, of the family of David in some way. And, and you can see he's watching her for years. But what Joseph didn't know was the Lord had always been watching her. Joseph has picked her, he selected her, but the Lord has selected her too. Let me pause here and tell you 
The Lord not only saw something in Mary, the Lord saw something in Joseph. We talk a lot in this season about Mary. We need to talk a little more about Joseph. I thank God for women that can hear from God, but I thank God for men that can hear from God. Amen. If we're lacking something in North America, really across the world, but since we're focusing on right here, if we're missing something, we're missing real men that'll be real men of God that can hear from God. Let me talk to every, every man in the room and tell you, you want to give your family the greatest Christmas gift? Give them you as a godly man. Give them you as a godly man. Think about what it might have been had Joseph with every right to put her away privately were it not from God. Think of what it could have and would have looked like if Joseph, who was not the biological but was the earthly father intended to raise the Christ child, would have walked away. We would not speak of Christ the carpenter. But he stuck with it because he heard from God and knew that being a family man often means sticking with it when it doesn't make sense. Woo. He stays with it. He's convinced everybody. And if the text is accurate, which we believe in a high view of Scripture, that it is completely accurate. If it's true, the priests would have known she was showing Joseph would have come under ridicule. According to the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, they would have brought them in to the tabernacle. They would have taken some dust off of the floor. They would have mixed it with the water. They would have said, Joseph, how have you done this and defiled this young lady? And Joseph would have said, I'm, I promise to you, it, it was not me. This is, this is of the Lord. They could believe the prophecy, but they could not believe the fulfillment. It is easy to shout about prophecy. It is tough to accept fulfillment. Ooh. It's easy to shout about somebody's going to get a healing. But our faith is really tested when the doctor's report comes. Can you believe what he's given? And I'm talking to somebody right now. And Joseph would have stood before these priests and, and the cup would have been given. And they would have told him, when you drink this water, this bitter water, if this is inaccurate, then you will swell in your belly in front of us. And yet he did not swell. And it says there in Numbers 5 that she would have been handed this cup and, and she would have had the dust in the water and, and she would have defended herself in some sense. This, this I promise, is not from infidelity. This, this is not from fornication. No, 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 no. This is the promise of God. And they would have given her that water if the priestly, uh, if, if the priestly occurrence was taking place from the book of Numbers because she should have been given that bitter water. And when she drank it, if she was not... Telling the truth, her stomach should have swollen and sickness should have overtaken. But she does not grow sick for she is pregnant with the Son of God. She is, she is not lying. She is not telling a false truth. She was, ladies and gentlemen, 
whether you've heard it a thousand times or not, she was a virgin who was carrying the promise of God. She was carrying the Lamb of God. And as if that was not overwhelming enough, and as if as if telling her family and friends and getting odd looks in the market and getting disparaging remarks that wafted through the alleyway, as if that was not enough. He calls for Christmas travel. There's a taxation that's going to take place, and most likely it had been taking place over a period of time, and it just happens to find them at this moment. Do a historical study on it. You try to take a look at it. It was no accident that it found Mary and Joseph at the timing when it did. It's one of the great debates in theology. There are historical scholars that want to use things like historical criticism and, and come against the text in, in the book of Luke, and they want to try to annihilate this whole Caesar Augustus concept. And yes, yet I believe it's very clearly proven throughout history. And, and Caesar Augustus, even in his own autobiography at his death, uh, uh, he proves that there was the call for the census multiple times and, and taxation upon even little areas. This was normative of the culture in the Day and, and it was normal in his reign and leadership. But people have always wanted to denounce that book. You do know that, right? Without that book, this season means nothing. Everybody that wants, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but everybody that wants to make this season about Rudolph and Santa Claus. Oh my. You enjoy your little pictures and you have fun at the mall. But without this book and without this story, this season means nothing. Oh, calm down, Pastor Carson. That's old school. I'm not going to calm down. There is one child that was born of Mary who was a virgin and his name was Jesus. And it was not... It was not an accident, Brother Brown, why they ended up in Bethlehem. Well, Caesar Augustus wasn't in the will of God. Yes, he was. Caesar Augustus? Yep. God can use carnal people to fulfill his will. Yes, he can. You take one look at history. Brother Faulkner, you don't have to study real hard to see that over and over and over again, God used people that meant it to be oppressive. <laughs> How's he going to use taxation? He's going to squeeze the people. Sometimes your trial will squeeze the goodness right out of you. It, oh man, I feel like preaching now. <laughs> They're on the journey. Surely I can get a pardon for Mary. No, you can't. Every lady in here that's ever traveled well pregnant, you know. 
You <laughs> got to go to the bathroom every five minutes. Joseph, make that donkey comfortable. Tell me that ain't a rough ride. <laughs> and they're easing, but why? Why would it happen? Because Micah the prophet had already declared, it's going to come out of you, Bethlehem. The same place that when I travel back to 1 Samuel and I start reading about Jesse and the lineage of David, the son of David. <laughs> that Bethlehemite, that, that Jesse of the old, that, that son who would be known of David and the forlorn prophecy that was going to, it's going to come through tragedy and it's going to come through solemnness and it's going to come through some genealogy people that you wouldn't think belong there, but they do belong there because when he shows up, the riddled past will make everybody belong. If he could use them, if he could use them, if you're into perfection, you don't want to look at the genealogy of Christ. And for all the ladies, I see, uh, I see some people's idea of pregnancy, and I wonder where. <laughs> I got gold cradle, and got. Have you seen some of these strollers? I want to ride in some of these strollers. <laughs> and this, this, this amazing, but I'm going to tell you, I don't care if every one of the, the sheets are satin. I don't care if the, if the cradle is gold. I don't care if the, if the pacifier is platinum. Okay. You got the little mobile and, and, and you've got live doves flying around. I don't care what you put into it. When you get here, oh God, oh God, oh God. In my mind, I know, in my mind, she's saying, Bethlehem, really? Bethlehem, this is where you bring me? You from Bethlehem? You come from Bethlehem? Mm, 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 mm. You know, sometimes when a pregnant woman don't even have to talk, mm, mm. Mm, mm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get mail over this one. I, and we get to this place and we have made the manger so beautiful. It's beautiful. No. It's lovely, you know, there were the sheep and they stunk. I'm sorry. And the inn, you know, the ant, there was straw. Have you ever laid on straw? You got to be all kinds of country for you to enjoy laying on straw. I'm There's like five people in this room that have ever taken a nap on straw and you're hillbilly. That's it. Period. <laughs> Nobody lays on straw, but we have glamorized it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. There was no room in the inn. If that is not a picture of our world, whether, we whether our world wants to believe it or not, it is time for delivery. And there seems to be no room in the inn. But there is a stable. Might not be glamorous, but it's available. 
might not be, probably doesn't smell as good as the inn, but it's available. Might not look precise and perfect, but it's available. And she comes to this place. Taxation has forced them here. Census has brought them here. Travel has led them here. But more than any of those things, prophecy. <laughs> prophecy has brought at the end of the day, it wasn't Caesar, it wasn't the taxes, it wasn't the donkey, it wasn't even Joseph. It was prophecy. And there's one thing God cannot do, he cannot lie. He cannot lie. That's why I got good news for somebody today. It doesn't matter how bleak the moment looks. If he gave you a prophetic promise in your life, if you look around and say, you've got to be kidding me. Because by all of the world's accounts, where she's about to give birth is absolute insult to injury. It's insult to injury that she's already had to defend. Her and Joseph have had to be at this place. We're supposed to be married, but we've never even known each other. The Bible says he never touched her, never knew her until after the baby had or Nothing. There is no intimacy. There's a... Marriage void of intimacy. We've described it. We've talked about it. We don't. And now I'm on, a, I'm on a beast and I'm headed for a taxation. She's in a place. Can this be possible? But the least likely of places was the most heavenly designed. And there in a stable, there in a stable, there would be a child. And when this child would be born in Bethlehem, he would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, the, the torn fragments of clothing. Uh, I, I, I've believed, and I, I agree with theologian who believed that it seems to illustrate all of the Old Testament. Anytime that a prophet or a man of God had suffered hardship, they would take their clothing and they would rent their garment. And many theologians believed that it was symbolic that when at his birth, he was wrapped in the hurt of the Old Testament. <laughs> Every hurt that ever occurred at his birth alone. And I've come to tell somebody here today because of Bethlehem, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Our Savior is able to take every hurt and every pain and every dilemma and every circumstance and every situation. Why are you preaching this, Pastor Carson? I'll tell you why I'm preaching this. Because I need you to know that his December didn't come easy either. And there are men and women around this room that are dealing with tragedy in a moment that you think should be glamorous. But I've got good news for you. When Christ comes through, there will be a victory that the enemy cannot stop and Caesar cannot manufacture and the government cannot destroy and the diagnosis cannot thwart and the enemy of your mind and the enemy of your spirit he cannot hinder it 
Born Gaius Octavius, he, 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 he was the great nephew of, uh, uh, of Julius Caesar. How would he ever end up in this plane? There was, there was divine intervention. And if it hadn't been him, it would have been someone else. That's why I speak to you again today and tell you, whatever the government does will only ultimately have to get in line with the plan of God. Woo! We need to hear that right now. We need to know that right now. Yeah, but what are we going to do, Pastor? The world is dark. It doesn't matter how bad the world gets. There is a God whose plan will never be diminished and will never be hindered. He's going to have a birth. He's going to have a church. He's going to have a birth. He's going to have a church. I feel like we need to just praise God for a minute right now. He'll get you where you need to be. I want you to stand with me all over the house. Just stand. Stand and lift your hands. And I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. You need to hear this. He's getting you where you need to be. He's getting you where you need to be. He's getting you where you need to be. Don't worry about it, Mary. Don't worry about it, Joseph. It's not out of his plan. He's getting you where you need. I'm preaching to somebody who doesn't understand what you've been going through. And I'm telling you, he's getting you where you need to be.